threw up a fight, and I think someone didn't forget. That was fun. Um, man, I miss this. Uh, this is like. This is the closest thing you can get to what's going to be like. morning we are we're finishing up Romans chapter 14 and Gene other than breaking everything uh, did a great job <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I had no idea if he did a good job um, he refuses to give me the audio recording uh, which I don't know what that means I don't know what he said Just read through all of Romans 14. 
And then, so we can just put this, because it is one big package of 23 verses. So, um, if you have your Bibles, start opening those things up and go to Romans 14. It's not going to be on the slides, because um, I just decided to do this. So, <laughs> so, um, so let's turn to it, and, and we're, I'm just going to read through it, and we're going to kind of dissect, or digest it in kind of one big thing before we jump into the rest. <clears throat> As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may be anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It's before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld. For the Lord is able to make them stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ God will live again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it's written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of the brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. But it is unclean for anyone who thinks it's unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual authority. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it's wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is, not, it is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin.
teach us how to handle your truth well. How to care for each other well. Teach us these truths beyond our understanding and help us to apply them in our lives. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. So, I think there's four points. Hang on one second. <laughs> uh, three, four. Yeah, four points. What, what Paul's getting at here is how do you handle the truth of God? Like, how do we handle it? So we've got this incredible possession. We've got the gospel. We, we know what it is to have to be reconciled to the Father, to the creator of all things. We know what it is to be reconciled. We know what the good news of Jesus Christ is. We know what it means to have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. We know what the righteousness of Christ imputed to us. We know what that means. Is that it? Is it just is it just for us to just take that information and knowledge and store in our brain and we just we just make sure like hey do you know everything? Let me let me teach you what I know. You can teach me only what you know and we're off to the races. That's not it. And in fact, so Gene last week I, I like kind of started with like the, the very first piece of this. How do we handle God's truth? First, we need to recognize that there are gray areas. Man, like, the, the church doesn't get this. We don't get this. We, we fall apart. <laughs> because we like black and white. We're religious. We like rules. We don't like rules. We like rules we can follow. We don't like rules we can't follow. And so we have this tension within ourselves, but, but we just like black and white. It's like your kid, right? Like, don't ever run across the street, you tell your kid. Black and white. Don't ever run across the street. And you see him run across the street, it doesn't matter the situation, you go, that was wrong. Now you and I both know it's not wrong. Like, it's not wrong, wrong. If your dog goes running across the street, and you're looking, and you know there's no cars coming, you can run across the street, can't you? And you probably would. So it's not abstractly wrong, objectively wrong. But what do you teach your kid? You're not there. You're not there. You, I don't want you trying to make those decisions. It's just, just do. Do this. Don't do this. Don't plug, don't touch electrical outlets. Just don't even go by it. But what do you do? You walk up, plug stuff in, you got like a little Christmas tree thing, national lampoons, everything's hanging out, like it's fine. You see, we, we like the, when he starts off this, and Gene talked about this, right? When we talk about, when he says the weaker brother, He's talking about weaker in, in faith. Weaker as in just sees black and white. Doesn't see the gray. And so that's the first point that Gene talked about. Like, we need to recognize that there's gray areas. And we need to encourage each other and walk with each other and discern together what's black and white and what's gray. <laughs> and that's the hard part. Because for what you think might be gray... I might say, well, that's black and white. And when you say it's black and white, I might go, hey, that's great. Or maybe you're like, I've always grown up thinking that was black and white, but recently I've kind of seen that a little more gray. See, it kind of depends, right? 
that's the walk. That's our lives. That's why we're here. That's why God put us as a body of Christ, as a church. That's why he creates the church, so we can disciple each other, right? Like, we can teach each other what this looks like. And we have conversations. And I might be wrong, and you might be wrong, and I don't know, we'll figure it out. But what do we need to do? Romans 14, 5. Be convinced in your own mind. That's what we need. Compelled. That's my favorite verse. I, I say that often. I have a lot of favorite verses, I guess. But, but Romans 14, 5 is one of my favorite verses. Because it means, as a dad... means as a dad, you can't just, you can't just teach facts, right? Sorry. My kid's a thousand miles away. How's that say? <laughs> What's that say? 
not against scripture, biblically sound, but you just do whatever you want to do, isn't it? This is just between you and God. That's not what he says. In fact, look at what he says. <coughs> Sorry. I've had a cough for like four weeks. I'm not contagious. Five weeks. Five weeks. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice> County. <laughs>
I, I'm still I'm still wrestling with this, right? I mean, clearly, like like for the leadership in the church, there's maybe there's maybe a little different. Um, like you can connect those dots a little bit more, right? Like leadership in the church, like they do something and it's like, oh well, you know, that, there there's ripple effects to that, and that's bad. He doesn't say it. That's, it's, it's not only for leadership in the church. It's for all of us. You see, and, and the reason why this is so hard is because we love individualism. We've been taught it. We've grown up. If you've grown up in America, you've grown up with it, right? Even outside, like you've seen this ideal of this, like, you're independent. You don't need anybody else, right? This is a constant theme as we've gone through Romans. That the, this, this idea of this individualism and you can just do whatever you want. Is we can be callous towards everybody else, insensitive to what the impacts are. You know, that's their problem. It's not my problem. Man, the number of times I hear that, and think it. Don't we all? I know that I'm not violating anything that's in, in Scripture. That ought not be. Just reading Romans 14 here. But that should unsettle us. If you're, if you're breathing in here and you have a heartbeat, I think that should probably unsettle us. Because I, I, don't, I don't think that's how our society operates. I don't think that's what we would define as community. I think that's what God defines as community, as the body of Christ, what it's supposed to look like. Three seventeen through nineteen. This is for the kingdom of God. It's not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Consideration for each other. Is it possible? Is a community like that possible? When we actually curtail our own freedoms? Consider the fellowship. And whether, and whether this is in your small group and in your family relationships here, when you read through all of chapter 14, it's really hard to walk away from that to go, this is just between you and God. It's not. Your faith is not between you and God. How do you handle God's Third point, consider the eternal impacts. Here's, here's why it matters. So when you handle God's truth, you kind of go down this path and you'd be like, well, you know, like, I'm not sure they might be grieved. Sure, they might struggle or whatever. 
They've got the Holy Spirit. And God's sovereign. And so it is what it is. They'll, they'll handle it. You know, they'll bounce back. God will use it for their for his glory and their good. And I don't need to worry about it. And I think that's where we off that's our cop out. Where we ignore point number two and we just we just keep going. But there are eternal impacts to how we fellowship, to how we handle God's truth in relationship. Look at verses 20 to 21. He says, do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it's wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is not it is good not to eat meat or drink wine or anything that causes your brother to stumble. Okay, so what does he mean here by stumble? Sin. What do you mean? So earlier when he talked about grieving your brother, this isn't about just sadness. This is about causing somebody else in this room to stumble. And we're Caleb. We're always going to get him around up. It's good. It's awesome. Right? Like, like it's... Beautiful. And then 
you look at this, and you're like, well, how? That, it seems like we're, it's always mixed up. It seems like it's going to be a guessing game. It's not a guessing game. It's a relationship game. And it's not a game. It's a relationship. Let me, let me give you an example. So let's say, <laughs> I haven't thought this through that, so here we go. <laughs> you guys all know, here it comes. <laughs> they ever like, this is why I just stick to the verses. Um, so let's say at home, right? Like, let's say I wanted to do something, improve the house or the yard or, you know, something like that. And I don't consult Melissa. Let's say it's a big thing, right? I'm not saying like just normal stuff. But let's, let's say it's a big thing. And I don't know what Melissa thinks about it. Should I do it? No. I, I, should, I should go, what do you think, honey? Or what if I knew that she didn't want something done? I did anyway.
it says back in Romans chapter 14, verse 22, first part of it, he says, the faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Doesn't seem very evangelical, does it? This is where you can take verses out of context, right? In other words, what, what he's saying here, he's talking to the stronger, right? He's talking to the person that's stronger in their faith. Like, I know I'm free to do this. But it's grieving somebody else. And Paul says, how about you just keep that freedom between you and God? Great. Awesome. Sounds good. But don't grieve your brothers and sisters in Christ. Don't cause them to stumble. How does that apply? How do we do that? It's complex. It's, I, there's no instructions for this. This takes wisdom and discernment. It takes, it takes bouncing things off of each other. Um, I was making a decision a couple months ago, and I solicited a lot of your guys' opinions <coughs> on it because it was an open-handed thing. It was tough. And it was like, well, how, how, what's the best way to do this, and how do I understand this? And Right? And it, it was this. It's not easy. How do we handle God's truth amongst each other. It's hard. And that's why I think we've all gone to our separate corners. And I go, you know what? You do you. I'll do me. God will do you. No? It's not what he says. <laughs> this community, this community, right? you're, you're part of the crossing church. Like, like it, it, there's nothing different between this church and any other Bible-believing church that's out there, right? But but this is the church. If this is your church home, man, like we are called to care for one another in a very deep and profound way. They will know that we are followers of Christ by our love for one another. And this is that love. Why aren't you doing that? Well, I'm not going to do that because so-and-so struggles with whatever. So is it wrong or is it right? Today is wrong. In this situation, it's wrong for me to do this. In this context, it's wrong. Tomorrow, I'll be right, though. And the world goes, uh, I don't understand. No, because it's about relationships. It's not about rules. It's not about do's and things. It's about being convinced in our own mind and freedom in Christ. But it's primarily about the fellowship of the body. That's a tough No, I mean, I sit here and like, we're, we're worshiping together. I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> it is so much fun. It's so great. How do we? Is it possible? What would this look like if we didn't live just independently, but we lived connected? In a fellowship that considers each other. I don't I don't know. I don't know where that goes. There's a fourth point here. We live in faith. We live in faith. Look at what it says in Romans 14, second part of 22. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats. He is not from the 
doing. You're conflicted. You're judging yourself. What is that? That's like you've done something, you're like, And, and, you know, there's a lot of different things that this could look like. There's really a lot. Um, for the sake of God, just leaning an abstract, I'm just going to lift off something I didn't write down off the top of my head, right? Like, what do you, what do, you do on, on, on Sundays? Or, or Sundays different than any other day? For some people, they are. Should they be for you? About drinking alcohol, I mean, I know Gene went through some of these, right? Can it cause somebody else to stumble? What about in our relationships here? In cliques, in, in your small group, does that, does that make people not feel welcome? Is that, does that then make it, does it, does it birth the same thing? We've got a lot of new, new faces around. The list can go on and on as to how we can cause somebody else to stumble. And so what he says here is everything that we do, we need to be doing it honor to the Lord, and we need to not judge ourselves. We need to not doubt what we're doing. We need to go like, this is what God, this is honoring to God. And here's how. Here's why I think it's honoring to God. Because whoever has doubts is condemned. Strong language. Go over to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And without faith, What's our motivation? 
done. Living the, the standard, you know, life in Jacksonville and just doing the things that everybody else does. Worldly. And it's hostile to God. <coughs> Hebrews says it doesn't please him. Romans says it's actually hostile to him. Look at the end of verse 23, 14, 23. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. That is such a broad definition of sin. It, it, it can't get any more broad than that. This it, it, it's all encompassing, right? It encompasses that, like, you know, if this side does something, for this side it might be sin, or vice versa. All of these discussions of opinions and how we handle these things. If you're not living in faith, if you're not making these decisions, convinced in your own mind that this is glorifying to God, then it is sin. It's hostile. It's not pleasing to them. Your schooling, your sports, your leisure time, your work, your family, name it. If you're not, doing, if you're not making decisions in faith, it's sin. Am I reading that right? I know it's not comfortable. And so what do we do with that? Well, I want to, I don't, I don't want to sin. God, what should I do here? Seeking the community's advice, right? What, what do you think? Disciple me in this. Like, help me understand. What, what, what's your perspective on this? And then be convinced. And if you're not convinced, then don't do it. simple. It's not easy. It's not just a list of do's and don'ts. It's about, it's about a relationship. It's where we're, we're trying to figure out what God's will is for our life. And he goes, that's where I want you to be. Try to figure it out. The Holy Spirit will guide you, give you wisdom and discernment. But if you're doing something and you say, and you cannot say the words, this is in honor to God, then it's an unbelief. And it's possible. It does not matter what it is. It could be pornography to sports. It could be adultery to stealing Netflix. <laughs> it doesn't matter. This is why in Romans 12 he starts off. Our sacrifices, our, our lives are living sacrifices. And in it, there's peace and joy and mutual building, and it's and it's amazing and it's beautiful because you're you're in sync with your heavenly father. And he's like, just trust me on this. And we all know this to be true, right? Like the example I used earlier with my with Melissa, right? Like, like if I was always doing things and right, we're not talking and I'm not soliciting her inputs, or she's not soliciting my inputs and these things, and we have no relationship. Just because we're living in the same house. We have no relationship. Just because you come here to the Lord's house doesn't mean you have a relationship with him. 
It's how you interact with him. It's if you're living in faith. Is he present in your daily decisions? Is he present in your calendar? Is he present in your finances? Is he present in your relationship? Is he present in your work? There is no facet of our lives that God does not want to control. And it's the best thing for us. 